1: It's hour number two of day number one of 2024. BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. I'm Jim Rodriguez with Joe O. Aaron and Ed are enjoying this first day of 2024. And wish them a happy new year. And happy new year to you for hanging out with us. And now we're going to continue to talk about some NFL, what Week 17 left us, and what's ahead as we go into the final week of the NFL season. We're joined by Odyssey NFL insider Jason LaConfora. He's the host of the Odyssey original podcast In the Huddle with Brian Baldinger and Carl Dukes covering the entire NFL. Jason, uh, Happy New Year to you, my friend, and yours. I guess my first question would be if – who is actually in worse shape right now in terms of a fan base? The Eagles who are dropping or the Dolphins? I would say maybe the Dolphins for me living in South Florida because we're they're used to this stuff.
2: Yeah, um, you know, it, it's an interesting question. Um my my I'm closer to Philadelphia. You know, I I live in Baltimore. Um we we I think share some some sentiments and some uh fan characteristics probably with with the Eagles uh and Philadelphia fans in general I think it's probably Philadelphia because like when Miami was on top of the world you know it it really like it wasn't it it wasn't by nature sustainable you know what I mean like they weren't like Mostert wasn't going to average six five a carry you know and the chain wasn't going to average nine a carry all season you know what I mean like They weren't going to be uh, efficiency wise, maybe the greatest rushing team in the history of the game and the greatest passing team in the history of the game. And when you came out of that 70-20 game against Denver, like really, you know, we're now like, what, six weeks into the season and, and everything they're doing is off the charts. And there was inherent regression. And there's still the lingering questions of what happens when they play somebody really real? What happens when they play somebody really real on the road? The Eagles had kind of dismissed that. And the Eagles are 10-1, and but the Eagles are winning in different ways. Like, the Eagles are just that team that finds ways to win. They're not as good running the ball as they were a year ago. They're not as good passing the ball as they were a year ago. They're not as good stopping the run as they were a year ago. They're certainly not as good generating pass rushes as they were a year ago. The secondary sure as hell isn't as good as it was a year ago. But they've all kind of been there, done that, right? They found ways to win games. They're all about winning games. Jalen Hurts has had a remarkable regular season record in that point since you know they changed the system to kind of cater to him midseason a few years back. So I think it's probably a little more jarring for them because it's it's not like they were doing it at this level where you were like, well, what happens you know when they don't run for six yards of carry some week because they're not going to run for six yards of carry every week. Um, Philly wasn't doing it that way. And now they both are kind of in a similar spot, right? Where they're um, not only have they fallen back to the pack, they've fallen back to the pack so far that their division uh, status is in jeopardy as, as terms of a division winner. Um, You know, I feel sorry for Miami because they're real, the injuries I, I think have, have been so dramatic and for them to overdo what they were doing without Phillips, you know, and without Holland and then you get one of those guys back and now Chubb's out and, You know, most are – I don't know if he's going to play next week. My my hunch is if even if he does, he's nowhere close to himself. You know, Tyreek Hill spent time on the sidelines again getting looked at yesterday. He hasn't been quite right in five weeks. Um, Waddle's not going to play in this game, I don't think. Uh, You know, Robbie Chosen, he needs to step up. There has to be another speed downfield element in that passing game. You know, the tight end, Smythe, like, he had a nice game. Do I think the Bills are letting him beat them? No. So – Um, and the offensive line, you know, has been a mash unit. They can't get the same five guys together every week, and they're playing the Buffalo Bills, right? Who that's not a great matchup.
3: Uh, Jason, let's let's sit on the uh, the Ravens after yesterday's incredible performance. Now Lamar, you could find him minus twenty thousand for MVP. The the market's saying yeah. It, it, it's completely over after so, those five touchdowns. Yep. Uh, you do afternoons, 105.7, the fan in uh, in Baltimore. So tell us about the temperature of the fan base. And is there such a thing as a, a team that the Ravens don't want to face? Like, what's what's a bad matchup? How can they be attacked?
2: Well, I don't know that the Cleveland Browns are a good matchup for anybody. And we've been talking mm-hmm. about this on my show since Flacco returned and Flacco, you know, look, Flacco's an iconic player here. Flacco had one of the greatest playoff runs in postseason history by any player. And for him to do it as a Baltimore quarterback, where the first time the Ravens won a Super Bowl, you'll recall it was Trent Dilfer and he didn't have a whole lot to do with it, right. It was the defense and the run game and special teams and, you know, explosive plays on defense, explosive plays on special teams, you know, and then a, a three yard slant to, uh, Shannon Sharp and, you know, out in Oakland and he takes it the 85 yards to the house like the quarterback was just along for the ride. So for Flacco to do what he did um, and, and out duel, you know, the likes of Peyton Manning and, and those guys, it, it, was, it was pretty phenomenal. So when he returned, it was obviously a big talking point here. He returns in the division and then it went from being cute to being pretty real. And then the debate has raged on and more people have come to my side, which is you don't want that coming here. Like, they've got nothing to fear. They are the ultimate team with money in the bank. Those fans thought their season was over three different times this year, right, with all the quarterback changes, like when Watson got hurt the first time and then Watson comes back and gets hurt again, you know. And then, oh, Dorian Thompson Robinson, okay, maybe, maybe we can talk ourselves into that. And then he gets knocked out of the game in Denver, and it's like we're back to P.J. Walker. And then for Flacco to have done what what he's done, um, they're going to throw the ball 45 times. They're going to throw the ball with reckless abandon. They're not going to care about the inherent couple of interceptions that will come with that volume. They're going to keep chucking it. They're going to chuck it with Amari Cooper. They're going to chuck it without Amari Cooper. And that defense, when it's right, is dominant. Now, they're not always right on the road, for sure. But, you know, the Ravens are still rotating tackles. And the Ravens' offensive line is is one of the weaknesses of this team, and they don't have many. But that, that has been a weakness from time to time this season. And we know what Miles Garrett and Zadarius Smith and those guys can do. Um, there's a lot of familiarity there. Their defensive coordinator, Jim Schwartz, um, knows this organization inside out. He's a local guy, cut his teeth with the Browns slash Ravens a long time ago. Uh, and, and again, um, they're beat up in the secondary right now. And I don't know what it's going to look like three weeks from now. But those guys coming in bombs away with Flacco, who we know has had monster playoff games before and is totally unflappable, uh, they can score very quickly. And they just came in here, what, six weeks ago, and won a game 39-38. So that's one that I think, be careful what you ask for.
1: Jason, I, I I think we've almost forgotten about, or maybe they're just not cool to talk about these days because of all the things that have gone wrong off the field. But what about the Kansas City Chiefs? I mean, you look at them; they're four to one to win the AFC. They're nine to one to win the Super Bowl. Defending champions, they still have all the tools. I know that it's been it's been a bumpy ride, but you look up, bam! They're a division winner. They're going to get a home game. You you're buying the Chiefs at all? Ah, uh,
2: not the way that we normally buy the Chiefs. No, um, you know I, I'll be looking to play in all likelihood, especially once they get on the road. Uh they're rushing props and unders in their games. The way the Chiefs are gonna win is by Steve Spagnolo winning and tamping down other offenses and pulling these games into the low 20s. You know, I don't think the Chiefs win games above 24-21. You know, I don't think the Chiefs can win games that go over 45 right now. Not not against the kind of teams they're gonna play in the playoffs. I I, I just I don't think that's going to be um very a very reasonable expectation that they're gonna flick a switch. I mean That's another week where you're thinking if ever there was going to be a bounce back Mahomes downfield passing game to Kelsey, that's Mm -hmm. going to be it against the defense that's given up like 60 more yards to to tight ends than anybody else, you know, against the defense in which, you know, pedestrian tight ends go, you know, six catches, 70 yards, a touchdown. And it it still wasn't there. You know, it it wasn't. And And the defense just destroyed. Uh, the Browning kid late in the game and, and you saw the Bengals offensive line kind of falter there, but that was still, I mean, that was still a ball game to the end. And, and I, I don't think there's a much confidence in anybody in their passing game. You know, Valdez Scantling, he's in his own head. Now you can only throw to Kelsey and rice so many times. Uh, but if you're looking for hope it's Pacheco and like a lot of people are like, Oh, well, they're just going to have to lean into the screen game and throw you know, 13 passes for 65 yards to get down the field. I don't think Mahomes can do that. I don't think he wants to do that. I don't think he will do that. It's got to be Pacheco. You know, Pacheco's going to have to get off. Those those two tackles who aren't very good at pass pro are going to have to be pretty good moving people sideways and moving people backwards. And, and I think Andy Reid, especially if he gets McKinnon back, I think Andy Reid's going to be trying to run the ball 35 times a game you know i'm going to be going over on pacheco attempts over on pacheco yards you know pacheco's probably going to be the guy finishing drives one way or another like we saw yesterday cuz the red zone passing issues is just if they couldn't fix it against that bengal secondary i just don't think it's fixable
3: the 49ers remain uh, the super bowl favorite they're 2 to 1 to win the Super Bowl, they are minus one twenty. Yeah, you got to lay a price over at BetMGM uh, for them in just to come out of the NFC. Cowboys are second on that list. What uh, after San Francisco? What's the scariest team in the NFC?
2: I think after San Francisco, it's it's totally wide open. Um, you know, I, I can't stump for any of those teams. I, I do like the Rams, and look, the Rams. Sean McVay has to understand that you need to keep the kill switch on, you know, until there's about two or three minutes left in these games. You can't, you can't, he could do anything he wanted in that passing game with Matt Stafford. And in the third quarter, he decided not to, you know, to do that anymore. And it it should have cost him the game. Uh, It it got way closer against Washington than it should have. Um, Even the Saints, you know, like, so has that lesson been learned? If it has, and we're not going to find out this week, right? Because that's now a pretty meaningless game against the 49ers. But if it has, that's an incredibly dangerous team to me um, because they can they can run or throw to get up on you. And if they do get up on you, the run game is robust enough that they can, they can take the air out of the ball. Now, again, the coach can't decide to take the air out of the ball with 18 minutes left in a, in a professional football game you know, when, especially when the other team is going to have something to play for. Um, But I I think they're pretty viable, man. Uh, I I do. Um, I mean, they're they're in 11 personnel 97% of the time and people can't do much about it. Like they're getting to 27 or 28 without trying. And then again, it's, will he step on your neck till he gets 34, till he gets 37? But, and I know Shanahan's had his number, right? But I, I don't think Shanahan... Would be real excited about facing um, the Rams right now, uh, and the Packers. You like if the Packers get in, and, and the the run game has been the run defense has been tweaked a little bit, or if if they found something there to make that a little more viable, uh, I think they could. I think they could be a little tricky, especially if they're playing you know in perfect conditions. And if you look at what Jordan Love has done, it's only been like four games now and. Indoors, but it's, mm-hmm. it's pretty tricky. Like, it's pretty good. Like if they had to go back to Detroit, uh, I, I I might be on Green Bay side there, even as well as Detroit runs the ball and even as, as much as Green Bay struggles to defend the run.
1: Talking to Odyssey NFL insider Jason Locke on Fora. Uh, speaking of the Lions and also speaking of the Cowboys, a tight, tight game over the weekend marred by a, a, a referee uh, mistake. Lions and Cowboys, who would you give the nod to come post? Who can have a deeper postseason run? We both know the, the, the history of the Cowboys, but the Lions, there's a narrative there. Who are you siding on? A Lions Cowboys uh, deep playoff run? Lions,
2: Lions all day long. It's not even close to me. The, the the Cowboys can't run the ball or stop the run. I mean, maybe I'm just a dinosaur. You know, I, I'm a child of the '70s. You know, I, I grew up when running backs were the faces of the league. But and, and but I, I I'm not like, you know, I don't have my head in the sand, and I'm very aware of DBOA and EPA. And modern efficiencies in the past game and the importance of throwing early downs and early down play action and all that. But uh, Mike McCarthy is not a good head coach. Uh, Mike McCarthy is an especially bad head coach in close and late situations. Mike McCarthy needs to be up by eight or more at the half. Um, that's not always going to be the case. Uh, they need to be at home. Uh, Just look at their defense. People talk about the offense and what it's like when they're not on a fake surface, when they're not in a dome. Um, The defensive efficiencies fall off pretty dramatically as well when they're not in a dome, um, when they're not on a fast track. So, no, I I don't. don't, They should have lost that game. I mean, look, if Ben Johnson doesn't get too cute, that game's over like in the third quarter. If they just get the volume they should have had in the run game. I buy Detroit way more than Dallas. Dallas is sitting there waiting for somebody um, who can play
1: bully ball to knock them off early. Nice, nice. I'll remember that. That was Odyssey NFL insider Jason Lockenfora. Make sure to follow In the Huddle on the Odyssey app or subscribe where you get your podcasts. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Up next, all our plays for the college football playoff. It's Alabama and Michigan. Nelly, we'll be back. BetQL Daily will be right back on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM.
3: 67 yards!
1: Welcome back to BetQL Daily on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. New Year's Day, nothing but bowls to talk about. And we've got a couple of big ones. First of all, the granddaddy of them all, the 110th Rose Bowl out in Pasadena. And this one means a little bit more. It's one of the college football playoff semifinals, number one against four in the playoff. It's Alabama, 12-1, and one, taking on the undefeated Michigan Wolverines, 13 and, oh, and Joe, we're going to break into this. Listen, I was one of those people that said Florida State didn't belong in this thing because at the end of the day, this is a business. Say what you want. It's a business. It's a show. Networks pay for a lot of money. And after what Florida State did, the way they took their ball and went home in the Orange Bowl, um, I think it, it it proves a point. Alabama is just good for business, and they're getting a point and a half in this with a total of 45 and a half. What is your take on this, Joe? Oh.
3: Man, I can't wait for this, Gerard. This, this is yeah. the game. I thought this one was going to be prime time. I'm a little surprised that they decided to flip it and make uh, Texas-Washington uh, uh, later. This is aligned as the closer matchup. You have the bigger schools in this one. I'm sure networks got involved in all that stuff. But, uh, but man, I, this, I think you could make a strong case for either side. And, and I've heard a lot of strong cases for both sides. And it feels like it's starting to turn a little bit more towards that Michigan side. Early on with the amount of money that came in on the Tide, it just felt like, I'm like, man, is this thing going to flip? Like The number started to come down a little bit, and there was so much Bama support. And I feel like now that we're here, uh, we're starting to to see some Michigan support from the sharper community. Um, where do you want to start? I, I guess we should start with uh, Alabama. They're the public team. And I know, and I'm sure part of that is people want to go against the cheaters, I guess. And the other part is, though, I think you have to start with the head coaching matchup that you have here with Sabin and Harbaugh, and, and Saban is as good as it gets. He has a, is an, an opportunity is on the table here for him to win the seventh championship, and then on the Harbaugh side, struggles, six straight bowl losses. This could mm-hmm. be his third straight loss in the college football playoff, meaning in the semis. So, I mean, you give. Sabin a month to prepare you know he had he had that time to prepare and look what he did to Georgia um I I think this is fascinating if it feels like that Georgia win has kind of made people forget about all those close games that Bama was playing during during the year so they got very lucky he became coin flippy and they ended up on the right side of that like they shouldn't have beaten auburn you shouldn't have won right. the that bowl game, the Iron Bowl, um, Texas A&M, they were lucky. Arkansas was another game that was way too close for comfort. It's like Bama's two different teams. What we saw in the first half of the season, or at least the first month, versus what we saw the rest of the way. And, and it's about Jalen Milroe And th- there was development with him, and it was just, just changing things offensively, building around him, using his legs more, and then now we get to the semifinal game, J. Rod, and Michigan's going to see Milrow, kind of quarterback they haven't seen all year, because they reside in the Big Ten. They had a soft schedule until the very end, like they had three toughish games all season long. And then we we sat there week after week, we're like, "Well, Michigan looks great, but I don't really know." Michigan looks great, but I don't really know. And, and then we found out at the very end. Now, give them credit for winning those games, but Quarterback play. If Michigan's playing from behind, does anybody trust J.J. McCarthy? You know, when they were dominating teams, McCarthy entered that Heisman conversation. But how did he do against Ohio State, Penn State, Iowa? And he's going to face a tougher defense. It's not, you know, typically, you know, the Bama level that we're all used to, but it's still going to be tough. And if you look at his numbers in those games, well, they, in one of those games, they didn't trust him to throw a pass in the second half.
1: <laughs> or the run
3: game was so strong that they didn't have them throw uh, a pass all game. For Michigan, it's about quorum. It's about the run game. Uh, they're going to stick with that. I, I just have questions if we can trust J.J. McCarthy if uh, if they fall behind in this game. Michigan, one and a half. Um, fascinated to hear where you're at, J-Rod, but I'm I'm on Bama. I'm going to take Bama uh in this spot yeah you give me a point and a half that's fine I'll I'll take the point and a half but I don't have a problem if you take them on the money line
1: yeah plus 105 is the money line for Alabama listen this this feels to me like remember when the uh, first of all the fact that people are rooting for Alabama people are all of a sudden Alabama is like the undertaker they have been the villain for so long and now they've turned and now they're now, now they're the good guy in all this uh, against Michigan, listen. I just don't have any faith in 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 Jim Harbaugh in these kind of big games at Michigan. I mean, he's two and seven overall in bowls. Well, you mentioned one and six at Michigan. Six straight losses. Uh, you know, two straight in the semifinals. I, I just, I just don't see the level of competition. This is the best team they've played. This is the best quarterback they've played. And I think Alabama is going is to basically prove the committee correct by selecting them and not selecting Florida State. I'm sure Harbaugh was probably very upset when he saw Alabama was on their schedule. I think that there, there's that video on social media when they made the announcement. They were in the Michigan sort of a, a waiting room while they were waiting for the announcement. There was a collective grown because it's like oh great saving a month here we go listen yeah Jalen Milroy it, it, it's all about props for me passing rushing he is going to have his day uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if this is a blowout I mean the only thing that I, that I have problems with is the total 45 and a half I, I just don't know how much Michigan is going to contribute to that 45 and a half um you know I could see this being you know a 30 30 to 30 to 13 kind of game. I just don't know how much Michigan is going to contribute. Uh, This is not the great Alabama defense, but it's Michigan offense. I don't know if it's going to be able to do much.
0: You're muted, Joe.
3: Yeah. If I have to uh, make a play on the total, I would go to the under, but I, so that that's where, is that where you're at? Like, if you're gonna make a play, you're gonna go under because you're not expecting much out of Michigan. I mean, that's a strong opinion. When you're talking about thirty to thirteen, like that's that's big on Bama's side. So that that's your strongest play, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I just I just don't think Michigan is gonna have an answer for anything that Milroe and alabama can do offensively because because again i just don't think they have played anybody that they can say okay you know we played we beat this team so therefore that gives us some cred you know yes 13 and zero, much respect but it's almost like you know i, I know it's going to be blasphemous but remember hey remember when central florida was undefeated remember when boise state was undefeated right but who did they play <laughs> You know, and I get it, it's the Big Ten. But, again, who did they play that really gave them a test while Alabama, again, that pedigree of the SEC, man, is always going to win.
3: Yeah, I mean, that's the tough part here. Like, we we did get a a sample size of a full season, right? And so we have that data, and for people are crunching those numbers looking at that. But, you know, if we're going to keep going back to the the quality of teams that they did not play, like what do those numbers mean? You know, even with that many games, do those numbers really mean anything? Because they should be flawed then. If if you're not buying into the competition, didn't play anybody for most of the year, like, okay, I don't have a problem with that, but then don't spit numbers at me pro Michigan because those numbers don't really mean all that much. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. And uh, we, we have the better quarterback on the Bama side, right? Like you, you agree with that one? Yeah, well, it's it's funny because, you
1: know, the first thing that, that someone told me is, well, look at Michigan's defense. They gave up nine and a half points a game. Yeah, that's I outstanding, right? Against that's Iowa, great, but, great. Well, yeah, you know, yeah, they pitched two shutouts, but Michigan State, you know, I mean, okay, cool. You know, again, I will take uh, even a fl- fluky wins against Arkansas and Auburn, you know, the only thing that gives me pause and I would bet the money line and the under in this game is that much like the Minnesota Vikings last year, who won so many tight games and it blew up in their face, you just got to wonder if that luck is going to run out eventually. You know, sort of like a boxer who lets a, 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 his opponent hang around, but I don't know if Michigan's got enough firepower to hang around.
3: There are some people that would say, Uh, when when the defense was slipping a little bit late in the season. Now I understand toughest competition, but you could say that was uh, after the Connor Stallion stuff was uncovered. I'm just saying, man, Uh, this Mm -hmm. is going to look, I mean, bottom line, I I get it if you're on Michigan today, but for me, it's as simple as the best head coach in the country when it comes to, to extra prep, flat out the best coaching staff. Look at what Saban's done this year. I mean, in the beginning of the season, we were having real conversations about, oh, has he lost it? This is not the same old Alabama. And we're sitting here in George's home right now, right? People were just laughing at Florida State the other day with with what occurred there. Bama's in in the playoff once again. And, And it's crazy to say that they have a quarterback advantage in the playoff game because Milrow was benched this year. He was straight up benched. That's how poor he was playing. But they changed things up. And now Michigan's gonna be dealing with like they've been sitting around for a month trying to figure out okay, how are we gonna deal with the mobility of Milro? And yeah, the, we'll, the, we'll, the see. Only thing, we'll see the only thing that, that made
1: me get that made me think was they have been having some storms in Southern California. They've been having mm-hmm. some outrageous waves, but no rain today. No rain today. You know, it's gonna be chilly for Southern California. It's gonna be in the low 60s, which is gonna be balmy if you're from Michigan and from Alabama, but if there was rain if the field was going to be a little bit of a slop then maybe that plays into Michigan a little bit but clear 40 it's going to be you know low 60s high 50s beautiful day in Pasadena i think this is bama all the way roll tide top to bottom in this game you know i mean right. i don't know how michigan wins this game and by the way from Pasadena to downtown Los Angeles, where to, from Pasadena to Inglewood, where SoFi Stadium is, is probably about 45 minutes or so. So, Jim Harbaugh can go right over to SoFi and sign his contract with the Chargers uh, at, at the conclusion of, of this
3: game, right? Here. Chargers, Chargers. Sure. I'm hearing Bears, yeah. I'm hearing Raiders. It's going to be, yeah. So, he hired Don Yee as his agent. And that's interesting because he's got a lot of connections with the Raiders. So, I mean, that's going to be the nonstop story. It does feel like, like, Harbaugh is really going to go? And he doesn't want to go losing his third straight semifinal game, which, which could happen tonight. Um, you brought Florida State. I wanted to, to circle back to that for a moment. Uh, Saturday, Georgia 63 to three. It's like if you had a Georgia ticket in your lane 20, 21, whatever number you ended up getting, um, you felt comfortable in the first half. I mean, that, mm-hmm. watch two minutes of that game, you're like, oh, boy. Like, if you wanted to jump in live, I, I didn't hate it, and you ended up uh, cashing that ticket easily. Do you think it was, uh the committee got it right? Like, is that your stance on that? or or what? Because I it, it was pretty much split. Like, yes, I do believe the committee got it right, that they didn't want blowouts, and they removed Florida State because they're sick of having blowouts, and they were right about that. But I also get the idea of Florida State didn't care; they were defeated. They had all these opt-outs, just like a lot of these other schools. I think there is something to that. That's not a true representation. Oh, no, I agree. Three to three of the nulls.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. This this was this was a practice squad that Georgia uh, beat at at the Orange Bowl. But I think at the end of the day, I have always looked at the college football playoff less about competition because obviously you're assuming coming into this tournament that everybody's deserving to be there 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 isn't anybody that doesn't deserve to be there so what's the difference the difference is what's good for business what's good for a show and you know you said it yourself you're excited about a michigan alabama game would you be this excited for a michigan florida state rose bowl i don't think so And and, and, and I'm sorry for, for, for the Seminoles fan. My kid wants to go to Florida state. You know, he, you know, he wants to, he wants to he wants to go there as a swimmer. You know, I get it. But at the end of the day, it's all about, it's all about that money and these kids got taught a lesson about, and I feel bad. I feel bad for the quarterback. I feel bad for all that, but it's a business and it's a show above all, you know, look at that darn cotton Bowl. What, what, what a terrible mess that was. Not much of a good show in that, in that aspect.
3: Look, I mean, it's the last time. It's over. So, I mean, the committee was kind of proven right in, in this, and now we don't have to deal with that again because you got the expanded playoff, and you're not going to have, what, like 12 teams undefeated or, th- or more teams more and, than that unless, undefeated next year.
1: Unless you're the 13th team, Joe. It's never going to go away.
3: That 13th yeah, but it's team. It's, no, it's wow. never going to happen. It's never going to happen to an undefeated team, Power 5 or not, ever again. We can say that. Well, we
1: still have scratched the surface of the college football playoff. The other half of the bracket, Texas and Washington. We'll break down that next. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Happy New Year, everybody. With Joe Ostrowski, I'm Jim Rodriguez sitting in as Ed and Aaron have the day off. All right, so we did Alabama-Michigan. And the other half of the bracket, we go to Nolens for the Sugar Bowl. And it's Texas. Number three in the playoff at 12 and 1 against number two in undefeated Washington at 13 and 0. And this one at over at Bet MGM, it's the Longhorns laying three and a half. Big total 63 and a half with Washington plus 145 on the money line. You know, I think there is something to be said about motivation. And I feel like Steve Sarkisian, the Texas head coach, is constantly with that chip on his shoulder, both on and off the field. Uh, they did wonders in the portal and got really good really quick. And obviously they're, they are saying goodbye to the Big 12, um, mm-hmm. the last Big 12 championship for Texas. It, what's What's curious is these teams played last year in the Alamo right. Bowl. And Washington won at twenty-seven to twenty. I don't. I think that total. It's it's a big number, but I still think it's too high.
3: What say you? you think Joe? It's too high. Well, I think you, you high. know what's really interesting from the betting perspective. It's game day, and the majority of action on this game is coming in today, right? And the morning of the market is not settled on this. So you look at the point spread, like. We met, were mentioning the BetMGM numbers, and then you look elsewhere. Like, you'll see a four and a half, you'll see a four, you'll see a three and a half on this, and the totals starting to come down too, which I find interesting. Mm-hmm. It, it, earlier this morning was sixty three and a half. Uh, I see a sixty one and a half out there now. Like now, now we're starting to drop. So you see where the money is coming now, in. At now least now you may convince money. me to start thinking of that over.
1: Now I thought sixty, you know,
3: sixty four would have been too much for me. Well, yeah, that that's where I was. Like when I was at 63 and a half, I was like, man, I don't know about this. I'd like to bet the over, but I'm not sure. But now that I see it sliding down a little bit, that that's kind of where I'm at. Um, you know, as far as this matchup, it's amazing. Like, Oregon was power ranked going into championship weekend as the second best team in the country. And like Washington wasn't given a chance in that game. They, they end up being a double-digit dog, they pull off the upset. We know the story. But but if it's Oregon, Texas. Like, Oregon's a favorite in this game. Mm-hmm. Like, that's how that's how different it is. So Washington goes out, shocks the world, and now they're, you know, as high as plus four and a half uh, right now. High-flying offense with Penix. They have a great group of receivers. They've been doing it all year. Keep on doubting them. They're going to keep on pouring it up. They're going to continue to pour it on. Um, Texas they've been going running back by committee ever since Jonathan Brooks went down to his injury before that he was averaging 6.1 yards per carry he's not going to be available here and you know I think Penix is going to be able to throw up some numbers today and this is obviously the better uh, quarterback matchup of, of the two big games today and you mentioned the Alamo Bowl and it, it's amazing that they're meeting again here but <laughs> I, I'm going to be public Joe man um, Bama in the in the first playoff game and in the second playoff game, especially as as it dips a little bit, I like the over sixty one and a half. How about you, Jay Rod? Yeah, that that interests me.
1: Listen, you can't run on Texas, and Washington's got a great offensive line, so that means so they're not going to be interested in running. And they're going to give Penix all the time in the world. So I'm looking at props. I'm looking at more, you know, it's a big number, but Penix 313 and a half passing yards. Ooh. Last I looked at I think he's going to be, they're they're not going to run the ball. You may even want to look at pass attempts. They're not going to run the ball, so they're just going to throw. Now, will that translate into that many points? I like it better over at 61 and a half than I do at 63 and a half, but I think Penix is going to to rack up those yards. Um, I think it's going to be a fun game to watch. This, This smells like a big live betting situation, especially if it turns into a slugfest. If you're in the 40s or 50s at halftime, then I think we can have some fun in a live betting situation. But right now, my bet would be Penix uh, over 313 and a half passing yards.
3: So basically, you're sitting here, you're telling me on January 1st, Joe, give it up. It's January 1, give up your New Year's resolution. Better prop with me, <laughs> roll with me, right? That's what you're saying? I, 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 I'm i merely telling you that you should treat yourself. Okay.
1: It <laughs> should be day
3: one.
0: Everyone knows New Year's Day is like the, you get like one more day. Everything starts tomorrow. Like you. Oh, like that is true. Are over today. You get to like yeah, have like, a beer or oh, as you're watching the game. The grocery stores are Everything all closed. January. Yeah. January.
3: Yeah. March, that's January. True.
0: January starts
1: tomorrow. Yeah.
3: Okay. Are you Joe, dry January? You deserve it, bud. You deserve it. Ish. Dry ish. I don't even know what that means that means no it means, it means for a couple of weeks
1: it means for a couple weeks like we're going to
3: throttle down I, I've a little always, bit I've you know? always dryish
1: is it's like being imp- it's like being pregnant either you are or you're not right
0: you're yeah. either drinking like, well, or you're on not the calendar drinking. there's something on the calendar on like january 20th that i'm like uh you're all right i could see myself like giving in like i mean it's basically to go out and watch football and people are in town and like drink so We'll see. Yeah. But
3: I'll, I'll, yeah. We'll hold the fast
0: play. till
3: then. <laughs> well, that's going to be every weekend. The playoffs start in another week. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But the playoffs <laughs> are, it's not like March Madness. Like I,
0: I can, right. I'm good for three weeks. And honestly, between the holidays and like, just like, and it's not, it's just like a constant kind of thing. It's like, all right, family, another dinner, this going out, blah, blah, blah. That's the situation. Good.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, if it, like a water fast. If you can get through weeks. the first two rounds of the NFL playoffs, <laughs> then you can get there. Because I mean, that's that's three games on Saturday, three games on Sunday for two straight weekends. You know, it's the best best time.
3: Yeah, you know, yeah, I could probably do dry January, but it depends on the situation. Because I'm also not going to be the guy if you're going out with a group of friends, you know, whatever couples. Right. I'm like, oh, what what are you drinking? No. Nah dry January I'm not being that guy right so it's it's like this right situation. if I'm sitting at home I won't drink I'll okay fine I can do dry January but yeah I'm not I'm not going to be that like who cool invents this stuff. I mean again first of all there, there, there's the no
1: nonsense November I, I've never understood that one well, that is uh, over then, over. Then, well for for lack of a better word it's no it starts with an end but it's we'll, we'll call it no nonsense uh November <laughs> um and and then i oh, January oh. I mean, listen, the only way I'm not drinking, unless if the judge tells me I'm not drinking, that's about it. That's the only way I'm not
3: drinking. Come on. Treat yourself. <laughs> you deserve it. I don't, I can't keep up with all this monthly crap. I have no right, idea what's what happening. It? I can't, I, yeah, no. I mean, Paul, uh, it's not necessary. You, you don't need in, to do In November, come on. You're not, I know you enjoy your wine, but you're not drinking every day. There's no reason for this foolishness no. of a dry January.
0: No, it's just like you know. It's more of a. I mean, I'm not going to be the newbie at the gym, but like you know, just like get things together for a couple weeks. Get things so, rolling. You know, reset. Okay. Yeah, get back into a normal routine. Maybe all actually right. win you, some you bets. You know, you know, we'll like when right, that yeah. first <laughs> day of
1: school right. hits. That first day of school, everyone's got the new shirt and the new jeans. they still have the crease right. in them and the brand new sneakers. That's how it is at the gym today. Everyone's got the brand new t-shirt that you know still has the cre- the, the wrinkles Christmas from the gifts. package, never been
3: perspired on and everything like that. You
1: know immaculate tennis shoes.
3: Mm-hmm. It is funny to see people that have no idea how to use gym equipment, and they're trying to figure it <laughs> it's out really not that hard. To- yeah. Like, yeah. Like, it, and there's signs and pictures on the side. <laughs> Which you can kind of figure figure out. What, yeah. what, what always got man. me was when when you're doing the <laughs> when you're doing the weights
1: and, and, and you think, oh, 70 pounds? I could lift 70 pounds. <laughs>
3: oh I need to oh, too
1: take much. That little pin out. go go to 15 pounds. That's 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 yeah. better. Yeah. That's more of my style. Don't, don't this, worry about this, what
3: everybody else is thinking. No judgment.
1: This machine is yeah. clearly broken. I'm trying to lift 80 pounds and it doesn't work. Clearly, this machine is broken. you like
0: looking around. Do you see this?
1: Oh, this is crazy. I mean, this thing on? must be
0: broken. January 1st, the things are already
3: broken around, around here.
1: What's going on?
3: I'm out of here. Give oh, me a okay. reason. I'll quit.
1: That's it. Yeah. Uh, see you
3: next January. Yeah. So... So, J-Rod, me and Paul have been talking about it for a month. Basically, we've been bitching about how much we hate the bowl season. Like, it's been terrible. And, okay, now we can finally bet into it, now that we're here on New Year's Day. Have you been betting into bowl season at all? And uh, anything else? There's three other games that are going to be kicking off, like, right after our show, guys. Oh, by the way. Um, or, or are we just passing on them?
1: Well, I mean, I, my, u- my usual auto bet is usually overs uh whatever it is it's an over but now with the with the whole opt out it's really complicated things i did have the under in in that ohio state uh cotton bowl game i didn't realize it would go that under and i actually and i did and i did live bet it when it was under 20 and a half and we hit that as well so we were super happy with missouri ohio state uh no i haven't really been betting that much although i'd love the fiesta bowl today Between Liberty and Oregon, because I think Oregon, much like I think they're Florida State in reverse, uh, you know, the opposite side. I think they have a lot Mm. to prove. They definitely want to make a statement in a positive way. And I I already bet this. I'm laying 18 and a half on Oregon. I think they're going to blow the doors off of Liberty. It's a big number. Uh, I'm staying away from the total, which is 70, because I don't know how much Liberty is going to contribute to that fund, but I-, I think Oregon blows them out of the water. I think the 18 and a half, you know, I'm not going to say they're going to beat them by 30, but I think they'll beat them by at least 20.
3: Yeah, that number's gone up. Bo Nix is going to play. I'm surprised by that. I'm surprised that only three Ducks starters have opted out of this one. You would think it's Liberty's Super Bowl, but um, we'll see. Uh, the other two, Wisconsin. Man, seven starters opted out in that one, and that number's come down a little bit, and for the most part, Brian Kelly, his group is going to be out there, they're saying, so Um, that LSU number eight and a half, I find that intriguing, and Tennessee is without a ton of dudes, that's why this number's coming down from seven and a half all the way down to five and a half. They they have a freshman quarterback who's played 52 snaps. His name's Nico. He's going to be playing for them. Uh, Milton uh, opted out. <laughs> Just one name, Nico? <laughs> the, uh, well, that's Let's what go, I'm Nico. not even going to try. I'm not trying with the with the last name. I'm not, I'm not going there. They're first running back, second running back, four defensive starters. Tennessee's missing a bunch of dudes, but, you know, maybe Iowa game. Paul mentioned it. Maybe he unders play.